Welcome back, everybody, to Common Sense Isn't So Common, your almost favorite podcast. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the second part of the interview with Joe Preston. What did you guys think of the cliffhanger last time? Did it leave you stumped? Did you come up with any ideas? If you didn't, pause now and think about it before we reveal the cliffhanger. First, though, before we get to the cliffhanger, or the spoiler of the cliffhanger, I don't terminology. Um, I've talked to you guys before about Morav Underground, and I'm here to talk to you guys again about Morav, the one, the only Morav Underground. Yes. Check out this band. Go to moravunderground.com for their tour dates. They're going on like a mini tour right around Christmas time. Uh, go check them out. The energy that they bring, the, uh, the people that they are outside of their band, I can personally testify to that. It's pretty cool. Just saying. Uh, moreofunderground.bandcamp.com for their demo, more of underground on Facebook, anything like that. Um, if you want to know more about them, actually go listen to my interview with them. We had a really, really good time. And we also figured out, most importantly, that Crimson Blue is a band, not a color. Who knew? Next up, though, we have Matthew Saunders, Boom Productions, and Spectre. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Matthew Saunders, Via Boom Productions is creating a TV show called Spectre, dropping next year. And, you know, last episode I promised you guys that I would have more details for you. Sorry, not happening yet. But, you know what? Um, next episode I will. And then you'll be able to mark it on your calendars for sure what day it's happening, when it's happening, when you can binge watch it if you're working. Or, you know what? Just book it off. Watch it. And I'll have information for you on where it's going to be available because it's going to be pretty darn cool. But enough about more awesome people. Let's move on to this awesome person, Joe Preston. You ready for this cliffhanger? Let's go. What's really good about volunteerism versus working? It's easy to quit. <laughs> I mean, you're doing it for nothing, right? So if you do, if you do accidentally fall into a volunteer opportunity that isn't you, and yeah. no fault of you, it just isn't you. It's not what you, you're not in love with it, or the, the situation isn't great. Fine. Hey, I'm really sorry. I'm going to come back two more times, but then I'm going to be done. And you know, okay. It's okay to leave volunteer opportunities too, right? It's a lot easier, a lot harder to get into a job you don't like. Yeah, it is. And then have to leave it. So try it out as a volunteer. It, I think it's a great way to test drive it. Yep. I think uh, a good, a key factor behind that is a co-op, a co uh, yes. cooperative education in uh, high school. And we see so many now, so many placements now out of co-op, maybe not even to the company that the co-op was at, but in that field. Or somebody takes a co-op position thinking that's truly what they want to do the rest of their life. And realize, I did it. It sucked. I'm, yep. I don't want to do that anymore. Yep. But it's a great, it, what a great use of time then to discover now rather than 10 years from now. And then you're stuck in this career. After a whole lot of life. study first and then stuck in a career, right, towards something that isn't going to work. So. Yep. I remember when I did, I, like I first did co-op at the radio station and then I vol I'm volunteering now. And uh, I remember thinking that because they t the co-op teachers told us, you know, as you go into this, it might turn out that this isn't what you want to do for the rest of your life. 
and going into it, I'm like, I'm scared because this is what I think I want to do for the rest of my life. Right. But it might not be, and I'm scared of that. So I almost didn't want to do it for that fact. But you hey, know what? I love it. Great tryout. I mean, why not? Right? Exactly. It works. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you got you got the wedge and you got your foot in the door. Yep. Um, yeah. Experience is more useful than people realize. Yes. And it isn't always about finding that paid job to get the experience. That's the hardest way. Yep. It is. Get experience on the outer edges of the job by volunteering, by you know, by working in a career near what you think you'd like to do. Uh, that's usually enough for an employer to say, well, he, he at least understands or she at least understands what she's about to get into. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think everything we've talked about so far, basically, it looks good on paper. Yep. To me, that's that's the key factor mm-hmm. because that's what, uh, that's what everybody cares about now. Like, if this guy has a qualification and this guy doesn't, you're going to hire the guy with a qualification. Almost all, almost yep. 100%. There's no reason why not. Right? And But, um, like, my, my dad, he's a, he's a welder at Elrus, right outside mm-hmm. of Elmer. Right. And um, I think he went to grade three in school. He grew up in Mexico, right? He grew up in grade three. It, but he has more welding experience in that shop than anyone that went to uh, university or went to a college or university, finished a grade 12. He has more experience then. So um, he like he's not afraid of being fired because he knows that he's one of the best employees that they have. Right. And the other have... employees there, I, I bet and hope, realize emulating him watching what he does yep makes them even though they've they've got their ticket they've spent 10 yes. years in a in a college and so there has to be a good mix of that there re, there really does i mean yeah. some people um classroom learning is not what will work other people it, they excel at it and then when they get into the real workforce it can't it can't work um some people as we've already already discussed um, are fantastic at being entrepreneurs self-employed and cannot work for someone else yep. and other people um, are far better in a structured system of of rules and regulations and positional uh skills that look you got to find your own niche right yeah everybody's got to find what they want to do whether right. it is one of the things you listed or not right um so we talked about why you started living a life granola but uh, you said it wasn't your idea, right? It was Stephanie's, your partner? Yes, yes. So, do you know why she chose granola? Like, why, well, why are you she, making um, that? She, she uh, grew up in Elmer um, at a time when uh, uh, to feed her kids, it was, um, it was make use of anything that was in the cupboard. Um, and this granola recipe basically came from, this is what we have, let's try it. She then, um, uh, a lot of people liked it. This happens a lot with artisan products. And so she started to sell it at the local market. Okay. It was fairly successful. This was 10 or 12 years ago. And then she sold it at the St. Jacob's Market. You know, make a few bags a week, go down there and sell that. And so yeah. it was pretty successful. Um, and then uh, uh, this is just the natural extension now of make of commercializing that product. Cool. Yeah. It's, it, it's an interesting thing. Like I said before, it's not something that you think of very often, right? No. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not a dream that people have. Like, I want to grow up selling granola. No, it, well, it certainly wasn't mine. I mean, you know, in any way, I, I've been in the, uh, as I said, in the restaurant business most of my life. So the, so the food part of it's good, but this was the first absolute from scratch. Design the recipe, design the bags, design the, the cooking process, design mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Well, we've really had to do all of this from, from scratch. Um, but we're at, we're at a key time. It's, it's really a unique time out there in, in people really thinking about their health, thinking about what they're eating, wanting to eat all natural, wanting to eat more wholesome food, food that is, as we say, living alive, came, came from the ground rather than added, added um, 
look, there's nothing on the bag on our bag you can't pronounce. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, in that so, but so we're we're into that. It, it's it's a new trend. Um, all of a sudden, local is gourmet. Yeah. All of a sudden, healthy is gourmet. All of a sudden, gluten free is gourmet. It's a reason to purchase, um, and we we we're. We seem to be riding that wave just about perfectly right now. Whether this will stay or not, we don't know. We're coming up with some other uh, natural food products to go with the Living Life brand. But it's been, as you can tell, it's been very exciting. The adrenaline is yeah. still flowing in this company. And, and we've gone in 15 months from uh, selling a couple bags at the Horton Street Market the first first week of May last year to um, now being sold across this country, so national contracts. So it is unbelievable we could be where we are this quickly. That is crazy. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of a business growing that fast. No, we're, 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 we're we don't know what to do next. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, we have another visit with a with another distributor just tomorrow. Um, cool. We we know that this could mean a whole lot more to us from a sales point of view. Thanks. Um, because we've grown to that point where now people are coming to our factory to pick up pallets of it and wow. taking it other places to sell it. This is another distributor that can do the same thing. So. Wow. So let's take a step back here. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, uh, we for a brief moment, talked about uh, childhoods growing up, what your dreams were. When you were young, what did you want to be? Everybody's got a dream. What was yours? I am. Um, this is going to sound really funny. I I was a, a young lad with a lisp. I was, oh. I am. I, um, very self-conscious, very shy. And I think the first thing I wanted to do was not have that. Uh, I, you know, I, I just remember very young, eight years old, seven years old, asking for a tape recorder. And in those days, that was a little reel-to-reel tape recorder <laughs> because I was taking some speech therapy to get rid of the lisp, and the answer was to listen to yourself talk. Okay. Right? And so I had to... I had to help myself learn I, I was bullied I was I mean it was I had a, had a lisp I had older brothers who made fun of me the and so I knew I had to overcome that in some way um, I so I did and that that, that took an, an awful lot of effort but in order to do that I became a little more outgoing I had to force myself to get up and speak in front of people so that mm-hmm. I could practice speaking without without a lisp I, I, I liked acting, I, 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 and so I think part of it was that um, I thought I would be a teacher teaching something to that degree. Ended up in the restaurant business, which is really, a, you know, also that same presentation thing. I mean, customer service is so important in yeah. the restaurant business. So I think that was part of it. But then ended up in the training department of a, of a major restaurant chain, and, and, and so that's teaching. Um, and then, of course, my parliamentary work is a whole lot of, people will say that's a whole lot of acting skills, too. Yep. I, I have acted at theater, too, and I still I still do it. Cool. I, I've been doing stand-up comedy lately, so it's been, I, who, who knew former parliamentarians could be funny? Um, <laughs> I knew I could be. But, but. I, so I, I don't I would you know how most kids could say yeah, I wanted to be a professional hockey player I wanted to be a fireman I wanted to, I didn't have that type of goal I don't think until very young 15 or 16 I worked in my first restaurant and really kind of fell in love with the business cool because it meant you had to you know you had to um, talk to people a lot and it and it really worked out and I, yep. so I've stayed in the business ever since. No, I can personally attest to that. Um, before I started working at McDonald's, mm-hmm. I was the shy little kid that sat, sat in the front of the class and did all his work quietly. 
most of the people knew I was there, but they, they didn't know my name, right. whatever. And then I started working there. And two years later, I think, uh, honestly, I think because of that job, I know what I want to do You're with the rest going. of my life. You're outgoing now. Yeah. You've, you've taught where you can. You have to make eye contact and yeah. actually speak to people. Um, it, it's a it's a skill. It, it is really a learned is. skill that not everybody knows that is there. And so it uh, good good on you. It's exactly. But it also will help you. To, uh, I mean, I don't know Wendy's. You you've worked at McDonald's. We call ourselves the first employer for a whole lot of people in this world. Yeah. Right. Yep. And we know that almost no one will retire. Working at a Wendy's or working yep. at a McDonald's. Almost no one. I might. Um, but we celebrate. And the next employer thanks us for how wh- whether you've learned how to associate with other people and learn the life skills you need to learn to get up on time, to dress properly, to smile, to look at people's yep. eyes. Those, those are the skills you learn at your first job. If we do a good job as first employers doing that, we... The whole society is a little bit better off. Yeah, right? I completely agree. There's a big part to customer service when you're dealing with any type of customer. Um, and like people, when I work at McDonald's, people say, you know, you're always so happy all the time. How do you do it? And I'm just say, I'm a good actor. Right. Right. Well, you know, there's days when you really don't want to say thank you, ma'am. Yep. After she just, uh, whatever it was. But you learn to do it. You yep. learn it is way better to do it than not to do it. Right. So, and then there's yeah. there's people that can do it, and they're they're good at it. And there's people that try to act their way through it, and they're just not very good at it. Right. And then like you you can just tell it like they're just kind of bearing through this, right? Yeah. If you want to be good at dealing with any type of customer, you gotta get good at the first one. Right. It's it's the big it's the biggest part of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So here's a question that I like to ask every person that I interview, okay. just for fun. If you were a new addition to a crayon box, what color would you be, and why? Oh, something neon. Something um, neon. <laughs> I, no, it, it, because look, and I've always been a little bit stand out, stand out, yeah. right? Since I since I um, worked so hard to remove shyness as a as a youth, I've always wanted to look. I think I um, had my own chair outside the vice principal's office in high school, because um, <laughs> the class clown usually ends up there. Yep. Um, I I um I wanted to be the best at a lot of things I did. Um, but I also learned that sometimes that's a teamwork thing that you you can be on the best team and not have to be the best person, right? But that's why. But so I say something neon so you stand out. It's it's a standout color. Any particular color that you'd be? Or oh, probably blue because of my conservative background. But it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, neon blue, yes. It's, so your conservative background. You want to elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? Well, a, you know, as a member of parliament, I served. Okay. Uh, I served in the Conservative Party. I, and I don't blue cons- is your color, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. Okay, I don't fair. consider myself, um, you know, a true blue conservative. I. I, I have. I, as a small business person, I believe in free enterprise and the, a lot of the things conservatives do. But I also believe in a great social social safety net, and that most people wouldn't think that that of us. But, I, but. I, I think that's a, a well-rounded outlook at, at, at uh, Canada in general. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, got just one more question, a few more questions for you. Okay. Um, what do you consider the most important life skill? Uh, listening. Listening. Yes. What do you mean? Well, the, too many people uh, spend the first two or three seconds of a personal interaction thinking of what they're going to say next rather than listening to what the question truly is. Sometimes the question simply is a yes or no, and let's move on to the next question. Sometimes it's a gathering of information by the person who's asking the question. And we've learned, even through our education system, 
to be thinking of what to say next rather than listening to what's being asked of us right now. Most communication will be far more direct if we all listen just a little better. If, you, if I listen to you and then I can make a response to what you're yeah. saying instead of making a response in my head that I'm just going to say anyway. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, I just I just lived with 338 other men and women in Parliament where who, where, who are alpha characters. Uh, they want to say what they want to say. Yep. You are simply a vehicle for them to get to say their next line. <laughs> That's fair. Right. And, and But as long as you know that, I can still respect that person. Yep. Right. But I, you, the, the one skill that I think we could teach better or if the world would be better if we did was if we all just listened just a little bit. That's good. I've, I've asked a bunch of people this, and they've all, each one has been, I, I believe, successful in whatever they're doing, and they've all given me a different answer. And it's really cool oh, to see great. how you can put those things together and um, and create like the ultimate life skill team, you could call it, or something mm-hmm. like that. Sure. Um, if you could go back in time and give advice to your younger self, I don't know if you've ever considered this. Right. If you could, how what would you say and how far back would you go? <laughs> That's a great question. Um Look, I I feel pretty successful in almost every step of my life as to what I've done. If I look back, uh, because I've been very good at goal setting and then working a plan to make that goal, whether it was uh, success in business, success in uh, politics, or success in in community work, um, what would I... uh, Take better care of yourself. (laughs) Look, I've... I've, um, I've lost a considerable amount of weight this year, um, but I allowed myself to get fairly unhealthy because I was very busy doing other things. Okay. And I think that might do it. it so it wouldn't be that long ago. I um, had both knees replaced in the last, uh, you know, maybe five, ten years ago. And so before that, I really became fairly sedentary and gained a lot of weight. I would have found a way not to do that. Cool. Just to be more healthy. Um I've, I'm feeling far healthier this year, and I've found there's two or three extra hours in the day. When it's, you feel good, you, you yep. all of a sudden find extra time. Yeah. So what are your plans for the future now? Like you plan on, I'm assuming you're planning on working with Living Life Granola still, yes. and seeing where that goes. Do you have any other plans of what you want to do? Yeah, well, again, I'd still like to continue on with uh, helping our community in whatever way works. I'm still involved in two or three great community organizations. And I will continue to do those and take on any others that might come on and interest me. I'd like to slow down slightly. I would like to travel a lot more um, for mm-hmm. fun. I would like to um, occasionally sit and read a good book. Um, I, I used to read voraciously, and I ended up doing so much homework through being a parliamentarian that I, I don't read for fun as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple things. I, I you know, Look, I don't... I tried stopping, it didn't work, so I'm gonna try slowing down this next time. Uh, just just coming away from business, teaching someone to run this business with me and then for me, and then I'll take on what the community needs and do that. Cool. It's uh, it, it, it's an interesting thing. Like, I'm, I'm sure most people that I ask, if they were in your position, um, they would say like, yep, I'm gonna do this until I'm 65 and then I'm gonna retire and then I'll live happily ever after. Yeah, I don't think you can do those fall off the cliff kind of changes. I, uh, you, you I did tried try it, right? it. I left Parliament and said, "Okay, I'm going to retire now. I'm I'm well off enough. My businesses are doing well without me." And about it didn't take long for me to say, "But how am I supposed to fill my days?" Yep. Uh, you know what? What am I supposed to be doing? And so uh, then I started to go back and say yes to things and realized now I've got too many things. And so you have to really, uh, you have to plan your your your, your retirement. You're slowing down as well as you planned your speeding up. 
Yeah. And I didn't do that. I, I, I just thought it would happen more naturally. And so um, this time I will plan a lot better. What does that mean? What, what do I really want to do? How much time do I want to spend in the community, helping the community? How much time? Uh, and you have to plan it much like your day timer for any other job. It's, yeah. Hey, okay, it's Tuesday night. I must be at uh, a nice. Chamber of Commerce meeting or something, right? Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you highlight, uh, you, you really, you're really big on planning. Yeah. So planning where you're going to go, planning what you're going to do next. And um, I don't know, I do it sometimes where if I have a presentation to do or if I have uh, something that I know I need to get done, I'll just wing it. Yeah. You're like, I'll figure it out. And uh, I've come to realize lately that if you do make the plan, if you're like, okay, this is what I need to do, and this is what I'm going to do, and then this is what I'm going to say, you will become a lot more successful. And it's something that a lot of people don't realize, that it's like, honestly, plan out your day, and you will get a lot more done. Well, you'll, you'll surprise yourself what, what you'll remember to say, what you'll remember to do, what, you, what will get accomplished above and beyond what if you're just winging it. Um, many strong personalities yourself, I, I, I've done it. I can Right, and, and certainly through Parliament, I could get up and make a speech. My, my ex-wife used to say I could speak for at least 10 minutes before they realized they didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but you can, right? But it doesn't mean you should. Yes. Right? Sometimes just some good planning, and um, it makes you a far more interesting person when it is time to make that next speech, or it is that time to, to plan um, where is the best place to buy oats from. I mean, you know, yeah. it just is. A little bit of research helps a lot. So, um, you know, I've seen too many people who dream. And, I, and as I said earlier in this, you want to dream. You have to. It, it, that's the big reach. Okay. I'd really like to be whatever it is, right? But then it, it is turned it into a goal that is really a specific, attainable kind of goal. And then make the plan that makes that happen. But don't ever carve any of this stuff in stone. Because write it in pencil. Yep. Because halfway to it, you'll say, you know what, that part was fun, but I realized now I want to be over here. So you can't just keep heading towards that end goal. Your new, the goal may change every day, but that doesn't mean don't use a plan. Write the plan down and change the plan. Okay. Instead. So it, um, you can't, it's, it's a lot easier to look back and see um, how hard you had to work to get there, which is, you, you know, if you look at the plans. Look at, look at where we first started. Why did we want to do it that way? Right? Yeah. It's just great to be able to, uh, to, to, to measure your own success that way rather than just wing it. It, it almost never works out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great defense mechanism once in a while. Yeah. Yep. No, that's something I've realized over yeah. the summer. Honestly, the most part with my company that I've run over the summer, I winged it or yeah. wanged it. I don't know what, what are the correct yeah, term is. What is the past tense? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah. And it, it, it honestly, it didn't work out very well for me. No. And now, like, honestly, from that, I've realized that if I'm going to try to be an entrepreneur again uh, in anything that I do, make a plan. Well, if you want to be better than the other guy. And that's, and that's the only judgment people will make of you as an entrepreneur. If there's two people delivering the same service, one is better than the other. Yeah. And it's not hard to research and figure it out. Um, am I going to go with the one that's kind of okay or am I going to go with the one that's excellent? Exactly. Right. I, I'm paying money for this service now, right? It, it, whether it's a house painter or a carpet layer or, a, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's not hard for me to research, um, certainly not in this digital day and age, of how good is someone or what, what, you know, what do other people think of the work they've done. Yeah. Right? So you, you, you better give your all if it's something you want to do. If you ever want to be paid for it, you better be better than the other guy delivering it. You better be better. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so um, that's all the questions I got for you. Great. Do you have any questions for me? No, I, I love where you're headed. It, this, this is phenomenal. And this, uh, I, I, um, 
I've had uh, some media. I had my own TV show for a little while, my own cool. radio show for a little while. Cool. Um, both were a lot of fun. But we're heading into a digital age where this is the way a lot of people will get message and communication. So yep. I applaud you for heading this way and for doing it and uh, for going out there and asking people to come and talk to you. It's, yep. uh, it, it, you know, I don't know what where that will go, but the information you're gathering is also going to be self-improvement, self-help. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, half, uh, the reason, half the reason I do this, like my podcast is called Common Sense Isn't So Common, right? right? Half of I do it is so that I can gain some more common sense. Perfect. Whether the listeners gain more or don't, right. um, I gain something. Right. It's great for you yep. moving forward. Fantastic. Yep. That's um, Always think of it that way. What's, what's, what's good in this for me? I, look, there's even been a couple of volunteer opportunities I've taken on where I said after about two or three months, this is fantastic for the community, and I, for that reason I like doing it, but how am I getting better doing this? Yes. Right? There's always a learning curve, and that's great to learn. And what you're doing, you're, you'll always learn how to do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But say, what am I getting out of it? What's my what's what's the positive side to this? Yep. Right? I think the biggest part that I've realized is approaching people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got your your email from the Small Business Enterprise Center, right. and uh, literally I shot you an email. And you're like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Right. You're like, okay, here's my cell phone number. Call me. Right. And like, if I wouldn't have had, uh, if I wouldn't have just sent that email, like I delayed sending that email because right. I was nervous. I, I didn't want to because I was scared. And then then it comes back to the fact that if I don't do it, it won't get done. No. First of all, there's no chance of it ever happening if you don't ask. Exactly. Right. But I but I learned also from a from a book called The One Minute Manager. It's an old book about management styles. Um, And one of the things that was in there, and it was years ago that I read this, was always say yes. Um, The next person needs a hand too. Remember when you needed help? Yep. (laughs) Right? So now I challenge you, pass it on. Um, In the future, when somebody says, hey, I'm going to try and do this, could you give me some advice on it? Could I help? Could I interview you? Always say yes. Always say yes. If you can do it, always say yes. Right? The answer is yes. Now, what was the question? Yeah, <laughs> that that I kind of try to live by that motto. It's uh, right. How can I make it work? If I can't make it work, I'll certainly say so. But for the most part, yes. Cool. It's you. You seem like you seem like you have a lot of mottos that you go by, and they all seem to work towards a common bo- a common goal. Yep. Which is the point, right? Yep. So that's all that I got. Great. If we're good here, then it's been Fantastic. a pleasure having you on. Thank you. It's this has been is great. Common sense isn't common. Abe signing out. Ladies and gentlemen, what did you think of that? Thank you for joining me on Common Sense Isn't So Common. Quickly, I'm going to remind you about more of Underground. Check them out. Awesome people. And Matthew Saunders with Spectre coming out next year. I'll have more information for you. And you know what? You can check out the links below for um, Boom Productions' YouTube channel and the More of Underground Bandcamp website and Facebook page. In case you any want to check it out, but you're too lazy to type all that in, I frankly don't blame you. Thanks for checking me out, guys. Abe Lincoln out.